Welcome to Come Follow Me, Mental Health Insights with Dr. David Morgan. Each week we'll review a concept from the Come Follow Me lesson and talk about applications to improve our mental and emotional health. Hello, welcome to episode seven. This week we're talking about uh, Genesis chapters 12 through 17 and Abraham chapters one and two. And uh, so we're just barely getting into the life of Abraham here. Actually, he's still called Abram at this point, and his wife, Sarah, who is still called Sarai at this point, their names get changed in uh, chapter 17 um, <clears throat> once they make the covenant. But we get a little bit of insight into Abraham's backstory here, um, which I really like. And it's funny, if you talk about understatements, I've always remarked that the greatest understatement in all of Scripture I believe is Joseph Smith history, uh, verse 20. And this is just after the first vision. And this is what Joseph says. When the light had departed, I had no strength, but soon recovering in some degree, I went home. And as I leaned up to the fireplace, mother inquired what the matter was. I replied, never mind, all is well. I am well enough off. I then said to my mother, I have learned for myself that Presbyterianism is not true. I just love that. I think that, like I said, I think that's the greatest understatement of all of scripture because here Joseph Smith has just seen God, the father and Jesus Christ had this extremely amazing vision. And all he has to say about it is I have learned for myself that Presbyterianism is not true. Uh, so that being said, I think the second greatest understatement in all of scripture is found in Abraham chapter one, verse one. So here's the backstory. Uh, Abraham's father had fallen away from the faith and it started to follow false gods. And these gods apparently demanded human sacrifice. So Abraham's father decided that he was going to sacrifice his son, Abraham, to one of these gods. Uh, if you go to the Pearl of Great Price and you see the, the facsimiles, the pictures in there, it looked like these ancient Egyptian pictures. Facsimile one is the depiction of that. It shows a, a man laying down uh, on a, like, looks like a bed. It's actually an altar. You see another man standing over him with something in his hand, which is a knife. You see a, uh, a bird up in um, one of the corners, which represents the angel that came to save Abraham from uh, this murderous priest. So Abraham is in a situation where he's going to be killed and he gets saved. Um, we'll get to the irony of this in future episodes when we talk about uh, fathers sacrificing their sons at God's command. Um, and it's it's actually pretty poignant when you think of Abraham. So Abraham has just had a, a serious attempt on his life, has to be rescued divinely. And this is what he says in Abraham chapter 1, verse 1. In the land of the Chaldeans, at the residence of my fathers, I, Abraham, saw that it was needful for me to obtain another place of residence. He says, I figured it was time to move. I think that's the second greatest understatement in all of scripture. Joseph Smith says, I learned that Presbyterianism is not true. And Abraham says, I think it was about time to move. Oh, not to mention that people are trying to kill me. But what I really like is in verse two of Abraham chapter one. And this is what Abraham says. And finding there was greater happiness and peace and rest for me, I sought for the blessings of the fathers, and the right whereunto I should be ordained to administer to the same. Having been myself a follower of righteousness, desiring also to be one who possessed great knowledge, and to be a greater follower of righteousness, and to possess a greater knowledge, and to be a father of many nations, a prince of peace, and desiring to receive instructions and to keep the commandments of God, 
I became a rightful heir, a high priest, holding the right belonging to the fathers. So here Abraham finds himself in a really crummy situation, obviously in a, in a broken home, a father who is way off base, uh, a person who should be caring for and protecting him and is actively trying to murder him. But what Abraham says is, I'm going to get out of this. I'm going to do something different. Going back to that verse two, he said, he says he believes there was greater happiness and peace for himself. He says, I think there's something better out there for me. And he says, and I sought for it. He says that he was already a follower of righteousness, but he wanted to possess greater knowledge and he wanted to be a greater follower of righteousness. He says, I, I don't like where I'm at right now. I want to become better. I want to have more. And so I'm going to do this. And that's exactly what he did. And he went out and we don't know exactly what happened, but it sounds like he was ordained to the priesthood and, and, was, and obviously became a leader of nations because of that. Sometimes I think we feel hemmed in by our circumstances. And I think it would have been very, very easy for Abraham to say, I'm stuck. There is nothing I can do. I've got a murderous father. I live in a crummy part of town, whatever it is. And, and there's nothing I can do about it. Um, he decided that there was something he could do about it, and he sought to do what he could do. I don't know what that process was, but the point was is that he tried, and, and it worked. Uh, we read in Doctrine and Covenants 58, verses 27 and 28, it says, Verily I say, men should be anxiously engaged in a good cause, and do many things of their own free will, and bring to pass much righteousness. For the power is in them, wherein they are agents unto themselves. And inasmuch as men do good, they shall in no wise lose their reward. The scriptures also talk about how we are actors and we are to act and not to be acted upon. That's exactly what Abraham did. He said, my situation is acting upon me, so I'm going to change my situation so that I can have a different experience. And like we just read in that scripture in Doctrine and Covenants, it says, for the power is in them. The power is in us to make changes to our lives. Now, I'm not suggesting that you can decide today to change everything and everything's going to be different tomorrow. Most situations don't work that way. Change is a very slow and iterative process. But what usually prevents us from change is not the slowness of the process, but, be, but our lack of belief that we can change. That's what keeps us stuck when we think there's nothing I can do about this. Or, or my efforts alone aren't going to redeem me completely from this situation. Well, that might be true, but that's not an excuse to do nothing. And it's not an excuse to just sit there and let things happen to you. There's always something we can do, even small things, in order to move forward. Um, and, and a lot of that takes just hope. It takes um, just this idea of that there is something better. And the good news about the gospel of Jesus Christ is it's a gospel of hope. There is, I don't think there's anything you can find in scripture that speaks pessimistically. Even when the Lord is um, being harsh and condemning of sin, he always speaks of it in terms of, but come back, come to me and I will help you. We can fix this. You can repent and I can redeem you. The scriptures and the gospel of Jesus Christ is full of hope. And so when we find ourselves in situations that we think are hopeless, I think that there are perhaps other ways that we can think about that. I don't think our Heavenly Father ever considers our situation hopeless. And as we align our thoughts with His, then we can, uh, I think, have greater understanding and happiness. There are many advantages to looking forward to things, to having hope. 
Uh, some of these include we can increase our self-confidence, we can decrease our stress. There's even evidence that we can have a longer lifespan if we just have more hope about the future. So here is this week's challenge. I want you to think of something difficult that you face in your life right now. Um, think of a circumstance that you would like to change, and then think of something that you can do to make progress towards that. Again, we're not talking about some wholesale change that you can do that's going to make everything better immediately, but just one or two things that you can do that can improve your situation. I want you to write that down, write down your plan, and then I want you to write down one or two talents or skills that you possess, that you currently possess, that can help you meet your goal. So I want you to reflect and think about your positive uh, abilities, the skills that you have that can help you. Then I want you to write down one thing that you don't believe that you have, a skill that you think you could use in order to move forward, and then make that a request in your upcoming prayers. Say, Heavenly Father, I think this could help me. I think this skill, this personal talent could help me in order to move forward. Please bless me with that. Thanks for listening. And until next time, this is Dr. David Morgan reminding you that change is possible, but change requires action and to always keep moving forward. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. If you want to learn more, please visit Dr. Morgan's website at www.ldspsychologist.com.